why does it have to be hard? Why do you have to struggle to grow your business? Why do you have to struggle to connect with people? Why can't growing your business be full of ease? Why can't it be fun? Why does it have to be something that feels like it's packed with struggle and stress and anxiety? Welcome to Design to Be Conversation, presented by Design to Be, and hosted by Design to Be founder and CEO, me, Rachel Weissman. Design to Be is a community for designers to grow their emotional intelligence. In this show, I have conversations with design leaders about how investing in their EQ has impacted their design career. In today's episode, I speak with Bonnie Bakatari. Bonnie is a brand designer and strategist for creative entrepreneurs, as well as a coach for fellow graphic, brand, and web designers. She specializes in crafting high-converting strategic brands for her custom design clients. Bonnie currently teaches fellow designers how to generate consistent income and connect with their ideal clients through the Brand Strategy School her signature program for designers. We dive into learning how you can connect with your ideal clients from a place of ease and intention, how you can turn hustling into building a meaningful relationship with your clients through shared values that are aligned with your client goals, and steps to design effective solutions by understanding your client's pain points through the lens of self-awareness and collaboration. Welcome, Bonnie, to the show. Thanks so much, Rachel. I'm so excited to be here and to be chatting with you today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. And we were just talking uh, before we pressed record of there's been a, I've been eager to dive a bit deeper into certain topics. So when you proposed how to really connect with your ideal client, from a place of rest rather than a need to be hustling to be seen. I so, so, so resonated with that for many reasons, but I find even for, for myself, from a selfish reason, I was like, I feel like I could learn from Bonnie too. And so I'm really excited to dive into this for one, selfishly, but two, also, as I mentioned before we press record, We've had many folks that have been on the show that have been more in-house focused. And there are definitely listeners who are working with clients who are more of in an agency or freelance role. And that makes up such a large design demographic. I'm excited to dive into this with you today. Me too. I'm so excited. And, you know, I think that from what I've seen over the years in the design industry, not just building my own design business, but also stepping into the role of being a coach and educator for fellow graphic brand and web designers. I see so many designers who, whether they have an agency background or whether they're in a more in-house type position, a lot of us there might come a point where the idea of kind of striking out on your own and building your own business or getting into your own freelance work might 
feel appealing. And so mm-hmm. what we're talking about today, you know, getting to know your ideal client more, understanding who those amazing people are so that you can connect with them consistently from a place of confidence, from a place of purpose mm-hmm. and have that sense of ease in your marketing. Mm-hmm. I'm excited because I think that whether those who are tuning in today, this is something that really resonates with you right now in this moment, or those who are tuning in, maybe this is something that's going to, you know, kind of come back and and resonate with you at a later point. I'm, I'm excited. I feel like there's a lot of fantastic stuff that we can really dive into in this conversation. Definitely. Well, diving into things, I'm curious if there was a turning point in, in your career in in the realm of self-awareness, we refer to those as like earthquake moments. So maybe a moment that really shook you to realize, okay, this is my ideal client, or these are the clients that I really want to start working with. I think that when I look back on my journey, so I started just as a little background, I started my business in 2012. And like so many people who are getting started and you know focusing on growing something from the ground up, I was really focused on generating income, getting projects under my belt. And so because of that, I was open to taking on any and all branding and design projects that came my way. Like if someone was interested in hiring me, I was interested in working with them. I worked with a wide range of people. I worked with people in the wedding and event industry. So wedding photographers, uh, dress designers, uh, floral designers, to people in, you know, kind of a larger, more traditional kind of role, like realtors or construction companies and things like that. So that's a pretty wide range. And when I look back and I think about it, working with so many different kinds of clients and and kind of keeping myself open and being Mm. a bit vague and who my ideal client was at that point was actually a really beautiful thing for me. And it actually helped me hone in almost through process of elimination on the kinds of clients that I liked working with and that felt like it was a natural fit and who I felt uniquely equipped to serve through my my services versus those who I felt like I wasn't quite the best fit for them. It had nothing to do with who they were or the industry mm-hmm. that they were in. It had everything to do with the way that we connected and the way that my unique talents or my unique worldview aligned with their goals. And so from that, you know, kind of looking at that, the the earthquake moment wasn't maybe such the such a big or dramatic kind of experience. It was almost like a, a handful of rumblings, so to speak, mm-hmm. where I feel like over time it became clear to me when I would say yes to a project where I can look back now and I can see that, oh, that wasn't quite who my ideal client was. I can mm-hmm. see that it it didn't flow from a, a place of collaboration or it wasn't, it was, it was stuff that, you know, I felt like from a design standpoint, I was still able to produce quality work and offered a, a great solution for the client, but it wasn't that kind of sparks flying, life-giving, match made in heaven sort of feeling that I got when I worked with who I now think of as my ideal client. So I would say that process probably took me about a year to say yes to a lot of projects 
to when I realized that I I needed to start saying no to some of those projects and I needed to start refining who I was speaking to and refining who I was marketing myself to and getting even more laser focused with who my ideal client actually was so that I could show up at what I considered to be a higher level of service and, and serve people from that place, knowing that I was not only doing great work, but that my client was someone who would value that process, be engaged in creating these solutions and be excited about the the possibility of what we could create together. One thing that I just want to want to call out that I that I feel like is quite impressive is when you were about to say how long it took you, I was expecting you to be like, and it took me three years. For the fact that it took you a year, Bonnie, that's impressive. It's impressive. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm I'm a very introspective person, and so with anything that I do, whether it's in my business or even in my personal mm-hmm. life, I really like to reflect on things. I like to examine them and think through them, and and when I notice that something doesn't feel like it's quite in alignment, I want to dive into it and I want to understand yeah. it. And so that's probably the reason why that timeline was maybe a little bit more accelerated for me personally is just because I'm that kind of person that wants to nerd out over those, those Completely. observations. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. And that, that leads to my, my follow-up question. So you spoke a lot about when you're in that moment with the client or in that collaboration and it just, it feels right. I'm curious the, when you started realizing, okay, I can be a bit more particular. Okay. These are the kinds of clients that really respect my process and really respect what I can bring to the table. And thus I can most effectively be of service. What are Are there any specific reflective kind of questions you asked yourself or things that you thought through or something that you shared with the clients that helped arrive at that? Oh, we are, we are a great match to work together. (laughs) Well, I think that when I was actually working with the clients, especially at the start of of my projects, we would walk through my brand strategy pre-work and that involves a lot of you know questions that I'm asking the client or worksheets that the client is working through at their own pace. And so it's 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 a very collaborative part of the process. And so you get to understand through reading the responses that your clients are sending over through those worksheets or on the calls that you're having with the client, you get to really feel what that rapport is like and you get to really understand more of how they think and how they present their their brand goals and how they describe the vision that they're wanting to pursue. And from that, I was able to tell, okay, there's a kind of there's a kind of person that I get really excited about working with and that's the kind of person who wants to wants to collaborate with me, who wants to be engaged in this process and show up. Not someone who wants to just treat me like I'm the hired help, but someone who values my expertise as a designer and strategist and is willing to invest their time and their energy and their resources accordingly. And that was kind of the the tip of the iceberg where I started to take note of what it felt like on my end, what it feels like to work with clients that I would consider to be an ideal match. I also looked at the kind of work that we were doing. So through that strategy pre-work, if I was getting really surface level answers or very like, you know, kind of one sentence type responses or, you know, like yes or no type answers, that told me that 
that person wasn't quite receiving, you know, those guides or those, those questions, those clarifying questions that I would ask in, in the way that I wanted to. So that doesn't necessarily mean that that client wasn't a great client. You know, that could, that could have meant a lot of things. It could have meant, you know, there's a, a better way for me to ask the question or educate the client. And so, you know, that would kind of open up this, this potential for me to, you know, communicate a little differently or or dive a little deeper into the the process with that client but if i kept finding that this is a person who didn't really value the process or didn't really respect me as the designer and strategist that they hired that started to tell me okay this isn't quite the kind of person that i know i can serve at my highest levels simply because we're not the best match and and that's okay that's no one's fault it just kind Kind of it is what it is. So thinking through how I started to observe that, I took note of how I felt. I took note of the responses and the kind of interaction and the rapport that I was building with the client. I took note of what it felt like to actually design to get into the nitty-gritty of, of actually creating their brand system and feeling, okay. Do the ideas flow for me easily? Do I have fun creating this? Does it feel like it's just like literally, you know, the ideas are coming out of my fingers as I, you know, click on my trackpad and, you know, like, is is it all coming together or do I feel like I'm, I'm forcing this? And I noticed that for the clients that felt like we were a great fit, the ideas, the creativity, I felt like I was able to create from a place of creative flow. But for not so ideal clients, it felt like I would struggle to to design. And so kind of taking note, and, and this is something that just requires that you be observant of how you feel, of how the ideas come to you, how your creativity sits with you in that moment. And that was something that for me personally was, was helpful to, to notice. I feel like what you're saying is is so important because it my I don't work with clients in that capacity. I have in a very small capacity building creating ad hoc websites here and there, but never in a full-fledged my, my own capacity. I've spent some time at agencies, but it was never, okay, who am I going to work with? But I have many friends who are freelancers and they are in charge of their own client base. And I feel like you're touching on such an important point because when usually from my perception and keep me honest here is when people think about okay how should i market myself where my mind goes is usually what people think is what industry should i focus on what's my creative style and what you're focusing on is yes maybe that's important and i'd love to get your perspective on that but what's underneath that what is the client value what do i value throughout the process since the outcome is is one piece of that overall journey and relationship that that we have with the client. Well, I mean, you just said it, it's a relationship and I think that sometimes and especially when we're building our own businesses or we're, you know, creating our own client roster as freelancers, we and, and rightfully so, we get focused on creating income. We we want this to be financially viable and and that's so important. But sometimes I think that we 
we focus on that so much to the point that we view potential clients as sources of income. And we forget that that's actually a person or maybe a group of people that we're going to have a relationship with for a set amount of time. So during the process where this, this group or this person is a lead to when they become a client through all the way through the offboarding process, you're going to be working with a person. And it's important to think about how you feel with that person and how that person feels with you. And you want to think about the kind of trust that you can build because as a designer, your best work is going to come from a place where the the client who has hired you trusts your ability and trusts your expertise. Because when our clients trust us, they give us the freedom to do our best work creatively. They're not micromanaging you. They're not asking you to like move pixels around on the screen. They're, they're giving you the space to do the work that you do best and create the, the solutions that you're uniquely equipped to create. So yes, I do think it's really important to think about your aesthetic. And so then the industry that you want to focus on when you, when you think about creating, you know, that ideal client profile, you know, definitely don't disregard that. That's important because you don't want to be creating outside of your niche design wise. You don't want to be working with an industry that you feel like you just don't get excited about it. But on top of that, just kind of take it one step further of thinking about, all right, I know what my design aesthetic is and what kind of work I want to create. I know the kind of general industry that I want to be specializing in and marketing myself to. How do I want to feel when I work with those people? And how do I want those people to feel when they work with me? And something that I've always come back to time and time again, and this is something that I like to encourage my students inside my design program to think about too, is how can we leave our clients feeling seen, heard, and valued? Because as people, we want to be seen, we want to feel heard, and it's so validating to feel valued. And you don't need to you know, go overboard and create this like overly vulnerable or deeply emotive client experience. It's simply, it can be something as simple and as beautiful as you know, if, some, if a client comes to you and expresses a question or a concern saying, thank you for sharing that with me. I hear you. I see where you're coming from. Let's dive into this. Let's figure out how we can create a solution, you know, validating any thoughts or questions, because from your standpoint, as the designer, who's guiding the client through this process, you just have this really incredible, this beautiful opportunity, in my opinion, to, to work with a person, not just through the actual assets that you're designing, but also to create a memorable experience that they will remember, hopefully fondly, and ideally share with their friends, with their community as well, and generate those incredible word of mouth referrals for you too. Completely. And I feel like so often, and I was talking about this in a, in a talk that I gave the other, the other woman who was giving a, a talk, she touched upon this, uh, just how, whether you're designing products or you're designing uh, websites or you're designing a brand, a lot of times there's so much dread <laughs> that goes into like the day-to-day or that given or that passing the ball back between whether it's feedback from a client or feedback from a stakeholder or feedback from someone else on your design team, whomever it may be. There's such this undercurrent of, <sighs> and I love what you're saying because it doesn't need to, it doesn't need to be that way. If to what you're saying, if you can be more hyper aware of how 
what you value and then aligning with what the, the client values. It just makes this incredible match. I want to shift gears a little bit to touch upon something that's kind of related, which is the hustle culture around all of this. I'm curious from your perspective how one is able to navigate and balance this because what you're what you're saying and from the output that you've created it's it's a it's a lot of work okay okay bonnie now i need to reflect i need to but i'm already doing all this stuff like how do i how am i how am i slowing down or how can i balance this hustle culture so i don't feel this need to market myself 24 7. I love this question because this gives us the opportunity to redefine how we are framing success in our lives and as in our businesses as designers. So what I mean by that is I think where we can get really stuck, especially within that unhealthy, toxic, you know, kind of hustle culture. Hustle isn't, I don't want to say that hustle is a bad word. I think that, you know, it takes, it takes some hustle to, to, you know, really get things going in specific seasons, but I personally don't think that it's a sustainable way to live and that constant, constant hustle and grind. And especially when we look at the way that we are taught to market our businesses and to generate clients and to, you know, do more and more and more that builds up to this this exhausting need to perform and that can look different for every person but you know for a lot of designers that can look like you know needing to have passion projects in your portfolio so that you can show people potential clients what you're capable of doing so you have to find the time to create those designs, update your portfolio on your website. Oh, then you need to figure out how you're going to market that. So show up on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or wherever you're spending your time, create that content, put it out there, write the cap, you know, like the list just goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And so then when you think about factoring in this introspection and this reflection that I've been talking about of how to (laughs) find who your ideal clients are, I realize that that can feel overwhelming. And I'm, I don't want to tell you to add one more thing to your already overflowing plate. So instead, what I encourage you to do and what has really worked for me and for my students over the years is redefining what success looks like to you. So in the context of thinking about how many clients you want to generate, what that lead generation goal looks like. For example, if you're setting a goal and you want to be booking two clients this month, And you know that if you get people on a sales call or however you consult with people and show them your pricing and packages, if you have a 50% conversion rate, we can do the math and we can say, all right, you just need to get four leads, two of, of which are going to convert into actual clients. So what will it take for you to get four leads this month? Hopefully from there, we can pare down your marketing efforts and we can actually create the perspective where you don't need to be showing up on Instagram, you know, seven days a week, you know, for hours on end, or you don't need to be creating content for TikTok and Facebook and YouTube and all the other places. You're honing in on the traffic sources that are generating the most quality engagement and choosing to only be there. So when we pull back from this, it's not about doing more and like throwing in more to your to-do list. It's about looking at how you're currently defining success 
and asking yourself, is that definition doable and sustainable for me? And if the answer is yes, that's amazing. That's worth celebrating. But if the answer is no, that doesn't feel like that's doable for me or sustainable for me, then I think there's this opportunity to redefine what success looks like. And maybe it's not getting 10 clients a month. Maybe it's getting one or two clients a month. And maybe it's not creating content all the time for social media and getting stuck on that content creation hamster wheel. Maybe it's about repurposing existing content, or maybe it's about choosing to be fewer places online because traditional marketing experts tell us that in order to be successful, we have to be everywhere online, but we don't necessarily stop to think what the emotional or energetic investment is. And I find that following that advice of being on all the platforms all the time isn't necessarily the best use of your time or energy and doesn't actually necessarily bring you the most qualified leads to your business, which is the whole point, right? Of, of being everywhere online in the first place. So yeah, redefining, redefining what success looks like will serve you well, not just in your marketing efforts, but in, in all aspects of your business as well. It's tricky. And it's easier. It's easier said than done. The, like the person who's on my shoulder right now, who's listening is the person who's like, okay, Bonnie, I get it. Sure. I'll redefine success. I'm here for you. I got it. But I've rent to pay. <laughs> I have, there's all these other, say, obligations or lifestyle constraints. What are, I'm curious if there are maybe mindset shifts that can then result in creating more space. Like I know, I know for me, I used to struggle a lot with, and what's most related here is anxiety. And upon relieving my anxiety, which I don't struggle with anymore, just the clarity of mind that I have and just the spaciousness, I'm able to get through things so much faster. And people are like, you're doing that, you're doing that, what? But it's due to the mindsets that I've been able to create. So I'm curious for the folks who are like, okay, I'm sure, Bonnie, but I guess that I can understand, I can shift my model of success a bit. But are there in conjunction or in, in addition to that, I'm curious, are there any mindset shifts that designers can start to make to support that as well? Definitely. One that I see a lot of designers struggle with, and it's one that's so pervasive that a lot of the time we don't even believe, we don't even realize that we're buying into it and we're believing it. But I see so many designers believe that generating income or connecting with clients or marketing yourself has to be hard, right? Like we believe that it has to be a challenge. And if there's not an element of challenge or a tinge of struggle, then we didn't do it right. But I want to challenge that and I want to encourage people who are listening, if that resonates, to ask yourself, why does it have to be hard? Why do you have to struggle to grow your business? Why do you have to struggle to connect with people? Why can't growing your business be full of ease? Why can't it be fun? Why does it have to be something that feels like it's packed with struggle and stress and anxiety. And I say that as someone who 
does struggle with anxiety and who has spent years working through my own mindset around growing my business or connecting with people or putting myself out there and being vulnerable, you know, in relationships or in marketing myself and things like that. And so, you know, one, one thought is breaking up with this idea that, you know, this has to be hard. It, it doesn't have to be hard when you have clarity and when you choose to take imperfect action, that action helps to create more clarity and more confidence. Another, another one that I see a lot of designers wrestle with is believing that in order to take action, it has to be perfect. So not launching that new offer or not clarifying your messaging, or not taking the time to sit down and define who your ideal client is because you believe that it has to be this perfectly polished ideal client persona that you know you've put together in this beautiful document and you 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 know would be like thrilled to show this to other people. It doesn't have to be perfect to be effective and it doesn't have to even be I would say, fully formulated in order to be effective, like giving yourself the permission to sit down and start to peel back some of those layers and start to identify more and more of who your ideal clients are or what the next steps are that you want to take and allowing that momentum to continue to propel you forward by saying, okay, I know that this is a work in progress because here's a secret. Every business is a work in progress and every brand, the ones that you look up to or the designers or the agencies that you love, they're still refining, they're still growing, and they're still finding new and better ways of doing business. So your experience doesn't have to be different, but that idea of waiting until it's perfect until the timing is right, or you have every little detail hashed out and perfectly polished before you even get started, that'll keep you in this this self-imposed holding pattern of continuing to, you know, refine, 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 but not actually putting anything out there, which then that makes it impossible to pay the bills or to pour back into your business. Because if you're not taking some action, and I like to think of it as imperfect action, it, it's it's truly impossible to generate that income or build those connections or take see the results that you want to see essentially. I'm curious if you can share to make it a bit more like tangible for folks. Can you share an example of maybe a, a project that either you're currently working on or have recently worked on where you've realized, okay, it's good enough. <laughs> it's imperfectly good. And I'm it's time to share with the client. Because I feel like especially for folks earlier on in their career, there's such ambiguity, just a gray grayness of not non-clarity of what and when something is done. And for folks that hold such a, a high standard of what something should be, which which is great. But I love that you're sharing this, the need to embrace the imperfection. So I'm curious if you can share a, a story of possibly a time recently where you were able to do just that. Absolutely. I love that question. So this kind of ties back to a really a piece of information that is going to serve any designer, any freelancer incredibly well when it comes to growing your business. And it's the idea that in order to create, to, to craft your services, to create your marketing, to build out your messaging, to do anything in your design business that is going to impact 
clients or that's going to impact potential clients, you want to know what pain points your clients or your ideal clients are struggling with. And you want to know what transformation or what level of growth they're wanting to experience. And the reason why we do that is if you know, let's say your ideal client is currently at point A and they are struggling with a brand that doesn't position them as an expert. So they can't generate sales or they have a website that isn't user-friendly and it's not, it's, it's just really clunky. And so again, maybe they're losing clients or they aren't generating income as a result. If we know what pain points they're currently experiencing, and then we know, okay, so that's where they are. They're at point A, times are tough. They want to go from point A to let's call it point B. And that's going to be where the magic happens. So let's say if their website is what's holding them back, they want to have a website that's user-friendly, that's easy to update, that's responsive, that like drives well-qualified leads through their their sales funnel as beautifully as possible. If that's where they want to go, where you come in through the work that you do as a designer, you create essentially the bridge that takes them from the land of pain points to the land of transformation where everything is amazing. So I say that, keep that in mind. That's going to, that's going to matter later. So Back to my own experience of, of, you know, when I've kind of taken that imperfect action and I've said, you know what, I'm, this is good enough. I'm going to stop tinkering with it. And I'm just going to like put it out there. When I recently, when I was thinking about ways to generate even new branding clients for my own business and think about what's a way that I can serve them right here and right now, I wanted to create a lead generation quiz as an opt-in that could just be an easy way for my ideal clients to kind of self-assess where they were on their branding journey. And then I could send them, you know, on the back end, a simple little email sequence that shows them the practical steps they can take in order to get where they're wanting to go based on their tailored, the very custom level of, of business. So of course, you know, the final call to action, of course, I want people to be, you know, booking a call with me and hiring me. But there are a lot of moving pieces with that in terms of, you know, creating that as an opt-in to generate leads for my own business. There's a lot that I could tinker with. There's a lot that I could perfect. I could, I could have sat there and I could have agonized over the questions that I asked, or I could have really, you know, gone over and over and over in my head about a specific word that I was using for the quiz results. And then don't even get me started on the email sequences that I wrote. Like so much went into that. But one thing that I always kept in mind so that I didn't get stuck in the details and I didn't get bogged down in, you know, perfecting and polishing and never actually getting this ready to launch, I always asked myself, what I'm putting out through this free quiz, is this going to make it clear to my ideal client where they're currently struggling? So where they are at point A. Is it going to show them and is it going to resonate with that point B, that that land of transformation that they're wanting to go towards, they're wanting to you know, move in the direction of? And am I showing them clearly and effectively how my services are the bridge that will take them where they want to go? And through what I'm doing, so all, all of that lead gen that I was working on, if that's the only thing that I'm doing, I'm validating where my ideal client's are struggling and I'm helping them feel seen and heard 
I, I want them to know, hey, I get it. I see where you are and where you're struggling. If I can do that, and if I can show them, this is where I want to take them, this is where I can take them, and this is how my services are, you know, kind of the how that makes this possible. The other details don't matter so much because I know, I know that from a customer psychology standpoint, feeling that validation with their pain points, feeling attracted and invested in the transformation that they can experience and feeling that trust that my services are going to be the bridge that makes that all possible. I know that that is what is going to drive qualified leads my way. And that's what's really going to help to generate that sale and get them on my roster as a booked client. So I don't need to get bogged down in how pretty my emails are. I don't need to get you know super stuck in did I use the perfect the perfect word here or there? If it's communicating the message and if it's resonating with your ideal clients, that's ultimately what matters. And that's something I'm not going to lie. That's a discipline that I've had to practice over and over and over again because it, it requires that you as the designer kind of get out of your head a little bit and remind yourself, kind of bring yourself back to, okay, I know that you know I want to be a perfectionist with this, but... Is this, is this providing the solution that my clients are looking for? Is this going to serve them? And is this going to help them achieve the outcome that they're hoping to achieve? If the answer is yes, then you can move forward. If the answer is no, okay, yeah, then that's a valid opportunity to maybe, you know, hop back in Illustrator and, and, you know, do a little bit more tweaking, but you don't need to, to do it to such a degree that, it's driving your timelines way off, or it's causing you to lose sleep because you're spending so much time late into the night trying to make this happen. And I, I love that you touched upon that. It's it's hard. It's hard. It's really hard to get out of out of your own head. And it does take such a a practice of continually coming back to, okay, who am I designing for? Who's my ideal client? Who's who's the end user here? And it's a, and for myself as, as a designer throughout my career, it's a, it's a consistent of, okay, it doesn't matter what I like <laughs> at all. I'm not designing for me unless I am designing something for me, but it's coming back to, is this serving exactly what you said? Is this serving the need of, of the client? Does this align with their goals? And, and if yes, then that's enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're right. That's, that's hard to remind ourselves of because I know as designers, we care, we really care about the work that we're putting out there, but kind of grounding ourselves and bringing ourselves back to that thought that, you know, this is for the client and is it meeting their goals? That's, that's what matters. And that's how we, through the work that we're doing, that's how we can really achieve success. In whatever way that means to you. (laughs) So I want to shift to a couple closing questions. So we touched on a wide variety of, of different things, and many of them are, they really do all fall in the bucket of emotional intelligence. So specifically in our case, what we spoke of today is a lot around social awareness. So being socially aware of, of our clients, but also self-awareness in terms of understanding ourselves and understanding how we interact with our clients throughout the journey and what we really value in ourselves as we show up and what we really value in clients and really this intersection of awareness that isn't talked about enough that I'm so happy that we were able to dive into today. So I'm curious, Bonnie, from your perspective, why you think it's important for designers to invest in their emotional intelligence? 
Well, kind of actually what you just said, that that idea that when we invest in our emotional intelligence, we're able to cultivate a deeper sense of self-awareness. That means that you're moving through the world feeling more informed about the way that you perceive the world, the way that thoughts are forming inside your mind, the way that those thoughts are sparking emotions that make you feel something. I mean, we could, that could probably be its its own podcast episode, but I, I believe that it's important for us as designers to invest in that because it, it makes us not only can it make us more self-aware and more caring and compassionate and still profitable freelancers or business owners, but it just, I believe it can make us happier, healthier, more grounded humans outside of the work that we do. And I don't know about you, but that idea of of pursuing that idea of feeling grounded, being well-rounded in personal life and in professional life, that's fantastic to me. I feel like it's aligned with so much of what we've spoken about today that it, it is a practice and it does take self-discipline. And I feel like uh, so much of what you've shared today is really embodied that through much grit and consistent in- internal reflection, which are also key to investing in one's emotional intelligence. One last question for you. If you could ask one thing of the audience in relation to anything that we spoke of today, but in relation to connecting with their ideal client. Maybe it's something they could get started as soon as they take out their headphones or press pause. What would it be? I would love to encourage people to do some homework. If this is information you already have access to, then revisit it. If this is information that you need to go out and gather, then go out and get it. But I would love to encourage you to be able to succinctly summarize the pain points that your ideal client is currently struggling with, the end goal that they want to experience, and then the way that your services can be the solution that helps them eliminate or solve those pain points and move towards the end goal that they are dreaming about. And the reason why I want to encourage you to do that, I know that for those who have been in business for a while, that might seem elementary. For those of you who are just getting started, this might seem like, wow, that's a lot of information. How am I ever going to figure this out? But I promise you that at the core of your marketing, your messaging, your own brand, and especially your services or your packages, those three pieces of information are going to be absolutely priceless to you as you launch and even scale your business. So like I said, if this is information you already have, that's amazing. If this is information you don't have, a quick tip on how you can gather this info. If you know who your ideal clients are, I highly recommend setting up some really quick interviews. That could be a quick Zoom call. It could be a phone call. It could be however you like to communicate with people quickly, where you're actually taking the time to get to know them a little bit as a person. This can be quick, like 15 minutes, but you are building that actual rapport with them. You're starting to establish that relationship and you're asking them, you're going straight to the source. What are you struggling with? What are your goals? And what could I create that would help you? How could I help you? And so what that does is that 
eliminates the temptation to assume where people are struggling or assume where people are wanting to go. We're going straight to the source. And that gives you an incredible amount of data that you can use for, for weeks, months, and even years to come. Thank you so much. I'm definitely going to revisit my ideal, I, I guess you, you would say clients and also users for design to be. So thank you so much for sharing, Bonnie. And I so, so, so enjoyed our conversation and thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me, Rachel. I loved getting to have this conversation and I'm so grateful that we got to dive into this together. That wraps up another episode of Design to Be Conversation. Thanks so much for listening. If you're curious for more ways to invest in your EQ, to be a more empowered, educated, and effective designer, head over to designtobe.com. That is D-E-S-I-G-N-T-O-B-E dot com. You can take our design process EQ quiz or sign up for a newsletter to receive the latest Design to Be community building, live offerings, and self-inquiry guidance directly to your inbox. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you may listen. Be sure to share this podcast with a fellow designer who's interested in investing in their EQ. And again, thanks so much for listening.